Hello and welcome to the next in my series of studies in John's Gospel. One of the disconcerting things that occasionally happens in life is when I get to the end of a service, get to the end of the sermon and I've preached what I felt was right to say and somebody will say, that was very brave. And I suddenly think, heck, what have I said? What was so dangerous or difficult or uncomfortable or courageous? I certainly don't feel courageous. In fact, most of the time I feel quite scared. And whenever somebody says that was very brave, I tend to feel even more scared. What is courage? Well, we're just going to explore that a little bit more. We're looking at John chapter 11 and the story of Lazarus. Lazarus is a friend of Jesus who um, is unwell. In fact, he's dying and a message is sent to Jesus who is a couple of days walk away that um, Lazarus is unwell. Jesus is aware that by the time he is going to get there, he's already died. In fact, by the time the messengers have come after a couple of days walk, Lazarus has almost certainly died. And so he spends a couple of days further away from him, and we explored all of that in a previous session. And then he sets off and says to the disciples, we're going to go back to, um, uh, to Bethany, which is near Jerusalem, and we're going to go and see Lazarus. And they, they say, and we pick it up, we did look at this a bit last time, we're going to do it in a bit more depth. They say, but Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you are going to go back. So this is because Bethany is near Jerusalem, which we've seen time and again was where the, 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 the sort of headquarters of the anti-Jesus movement was. And Jesus speaks a riddle. He says, Are there not 12 hours of daylight? And those who walk in the daytime will not stumble, for they will see by this world's light. It is when people walk at night that they stumble, for they have no light. So just a little recap about the meaning of this riddle. It comes from the fact that again and again in John's gospel, Jesus makes it very clear that the time had not yet come for him to be crucified. That He faces opposition in Jerusalem. They tried to stone him. They tried to kill him, but he leaves and he tells them that the, st- the time has not yet come. In other words, he's only going to die at the point which he himself chooses is the right time, the time at which God allows And he describes elsewhere in John the time that he is with them as being daylight and the time that he is taken away from them as nighttime. And so this riddle means that the appointed time for Jesus to die has not yet come. It's not going to come when he goes to Lazarus in Bethany. That that is still daylight and therefore he will be safe. He won't stumble and they will be safe. They won't, they go with him. They will be okay because they will be with him who incidentally is also the light of the world. But he does say that if they continue to go beyond the allotted time of daylight into the nighttime, then they will be in danger. In other words, if Jesus tries to, to, to avoid the cross and not die at the appointed time, then all kinds of dangers will arise. And equally, that after Jesus ascended to heaven, they themselves will be less safe. Now, that's a bit scary. So after this, we read in verse 11, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. And in our last session, we looked at how Jesus uses the concept of sleep and what he means by death. And we're going to pick it up at verse 16. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus. I love this, uh, Nick, uh, this name of Thomas. I always think of Ken Dodd. And uh, it's not that he was a Diddy man, he was Didymus. 
And of course, many of us are familiar with Thomas from the account after the resurrection of Jesus where he's not there when Jesus appears to the disciples in his risen body. And when they tell Thomas that Jesus is alive, he says, I'm only going to believe if I am able to put my hands in the scars, in the wounds of Jesus' hands, his nail-scarred hands. And so Thomas often becomes a, a sort of metaphor for doubting. He's called Doubting Thomas. It does him a great disservice because he's actually an incredibly courageous man. And actually to have the guts to say, unless I see him, is part of his courage. So he says to the rest of them in verse 16, let us go that we may die with him. And Thomas has counted the cost. He's decided that if he goes with Jesus too near Jerusalem, he may face death, but he's decided that is worth it. He is willing to die, he says, with Jesus. Why is that? Because he's decided that he loves Jesus. He loves what Jesus stands for. I suspect, too, that he has an element of saying, if I'm with Jesus, I will be safe. But he fundamentally wants to support Jesus in what he is doing. He wants to go where Jesus goes. He wants to do what Jesus does, even if that means death, even if that means opposition, even if that means discrimination or damage or hurt. In other words, Thomas is saying, my following of Jesus is not what will you do for me, Jesus, but what can I do for you? And that seems to me to be the fundamental mark of a disciple. And so often where Christianity has fallen down, that we've tried to encourage people into a form of Christianity where God will meet our needs. And there it does seem to be very often, and I've said this a lot as we looked at John, the distinction between how people are perceived as Christians and how we perceive disciples. And it, it seems that many people have the idea that I'll be a Christian but not a disciple. That's not an option. In fact, the word Christian is rarely used in the New Testament. Disciple is the general term for a believer, for a follower of Jesus. And the disciple is saying, I love who you are. I love what you stand for. I love your words. I love your actions. Ultimately, I love the cross. I love your care and sacrifice on my behalf. So what can I do for you? And that willingness to die is good, but that doesn't mean that we should try and die. Avoidance of death is usually the, the, the instruction. We looked at a little bit of this recently in Ezra when I was talking about enemies. That Jesus is not requiring us to die in a futile way. Martyrdom isn't some sort of heroic act. We may lose our life because it's unavoidable. But it seems to me that the New Testament tells us that if it's avoidable, we should shake the dust off our feet as the disciples were told to do and move to the next town. Or as Jesus did time and time and again in John's gospel, just walk away and move on to the next place. But Thomas is willing to do it. And that's the issue and the point. And I want us to reflect for a few moments as together at the end. What bravery is being asked of us? 
What is it that we know that as we continue to follow Jesus, we will face this cost? The chances are it won't be death. The chances are it may be something difficult and, but different for us. So what are we prepared to do for Jesus? Thomas was prepared to die, but are we prepared to live with less? To not have the same house that we might have had if we didn't follow Jesus. Because in following Jesus, we decide to give away more. We decide to be more generous with our income. Or maybe we take a job that is less well paid because we choose to serve Jesus. What are we prepared to, to do for Jesus? Are we prepared to live with less income than we otherwise might have had if we followed our own desires? Are we prepared to face criticism? To face perhaps long-time friends or family or colleagues who withdraw from us because of our desire to do what Jesus wants? Because of our desire to be truthful? Because of our desire to love the outcast? Because of our desire to be self-controlled? because of our desire to stand on behalf of the poor and the oppressed? Are we prepared to face isolation or exclusion? To not be in the in crowd because we love Jesus, because we love that he's the friend of sinners, because we love that he's the one who restores the broken, because we love the fact that he has gone to the cross for us, that we might know forgiveness, that we might know a new life, because we love the idea that he's preparing a place for us in eternity and we want to be with him forever and we long to, to look back on our life in heaven and say we did what he asked of us because our hearts desire us to be a servant. What are we prepared to do for Jesus? Might we be prepared to be celibate? To have less sexual experience or activity than we otherwise have if we chose to ignore Jesus? Are we prepared to be exhausted? To spend our heart, ourselves on behalf of the kingdom of God? To give time to others to give time to church, to give time in service and sacrifice. What are we prepared to do for Jesus? Thomas says, I am, we are, I am willing to go. Let us go with Jesus. And are we able to say, I want to go with Jesus. I want to go where he calls and be what he asks. I want to go with Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord, help us to have the courage of Thomas, who counting the cost knows that loving you is greater than any other thing. Where we hold back, where we're afraid, will you once again come and reveal the beauty and the glory of your kingdom and of being in your service. We offer ourselves to you again for your glory. Amen.